Hey, this is Ashley. And I'm Shannon. And welcome to the Glorious Things Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week as we remember the glorious things we have forgotten. We're having conversations about what it actually means to be a Christian while we wrestle with questions and beliefs. One thing we do know is that we are loved and included, and so are you. Hello and welcome. We hope that each and every one of our American listeners had a really good Thanksgiving yesterday, whether you were with friends or family. Hope it was a great day. So today I think we're going to start off with deconstruction. Oh, our favorite word. Yeah. So <laughs> so I have started, I mean, I've followed some Christian stuff on Instagram mm. and things like that. And just since we've started thinking of doing this podcast, I have seen the word deconstruction 400 million times. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. And I can tell you that I never knew that word until this past couple of weeks. Yeah. I have been, I guess you'd call it deconstructing, mm-hmm. but that's not what I've considered it. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's what happened. But I have I have been doing this for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. So I've just always called it, explained it as trying to unwind mm-hmm. religion. And in saying that, religion has two definitions to me. Religion is like freedom of religion, fantastic. Choose what you believe. If we're using religion that way, that's great. Mm-hmm. But when I'm saying I, my what I feel has been happening to me is that I'm untangling lies and misconceptions that I was taught about Jesus or that I assumed about Jesus mm-hmm. that have not brought me life and freedom. Yeah. And I guess that I guess that's what people call deconstruction. Yeah. Or, at this point. You know, yeah. Taking everything apart. Just I think asking questions. And I think some people say po- poking holes in theologies. Right. Why do we believe what we do? Yeah. yeah. Why do you believe this way? Yeah. And I think we both had experiences that we can talk about that not only have we been asking questions, but we don't understand why things are the way they are. And mm-hmm. We ask the questions and get, it's like poking a bear. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only, but here's the thing we, we, I really wanted to state that I have friends in Australia. I have friends in Europe, in England, in the UK. I have friends on the West Coast. I have friends pretty much anywhere you can think of. And you have friends who are going through this as well. Yeah. For years. This isn't just recent. This is at least 15 years. Oh, in, sure. my, in my friendships and a lot in the last several years who mm-hmm. are pulling away mm-hmm. and have a lot of questions about who is Jesus? Who's Jesus? What is this that yeah. I've been in? It's like when you grow up in church, you don't even realize what a big part of your thought process and your psyche that it is. It's huge. Even yeah. if you think it's BF, mm-hmm. it still affects how you live and believe. Yeah. And what I told you is that mm-hmm. I think... And I've told my friends, if you're feeling discontented, is that a word? It is. Discontent. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Because on every continent that I know people, people are going through this. Mm-hmm. And we read, I read a quote to you that I found. Oh, yeah. Deconstruction is the revival that evangelicals have been praying for. They just don't have the eyes to see it. So. Oh. <laughs> I love that. I, I, that... Revival is is kind of funny to me because I think yeah. it's amazing that people want 
I, okay, yes, great. Pray for revival. But what I think is just wake up and know how much you're loved. I think that's mm-hmm. revival, okay? And I think it needs to happen inside the church as much as it needs to happen outside the church. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get afraid when people ask questions like we've discussed before. But yeah. yes, you want you want people to be revived. Mm-hmm. Let's get the truth. Let's get who God really is. Let's not let's not stick to our belief systems because out of fear or out of right. if this falls everything else i believe falls let's have Our some fragile courage faith. yeah 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 so it's very interesting and then i think what happens to a lot of people when someone asks a good question or says something that makes sense but doesn't go with what they've been taught their whole lives there's fear behind that that if they're right about this or if, you know, this person is right about this and what else have I been brought up right. with? What else is not right. true, accurate, correct? Yep. And then what happens to my faith? And then what am I left with? Right. And that scares people. It is scary. It's scary. It yeah. is a scary undoing of comfort, a lot of comfort, oh, yeah. or just not having to think about things yeah. as well. I think the thing that I would hope that everyone would do is talk to Jesus. He's the center of all things. Mm-hmm. He's it. Yeah. So on that note, let's talk story. Okay. Your, because your story to me Mm -hmm. is fascinating. (laughs) And I know you probably don't think that, but I've always been fascinated with your story. Um, I don't know where you're comfortable starting with, but you, you were involved in YWAM. I was. (laughs) You were a missionary. I was. You have, I feel like she's lived a few lives. And so, and it does seem like a different lifetime. Some but of I feel like when you were, you have always been, you've always questioned things. Yeah. And you have, I think you're wired to not take things at face value, but right. to I dig. Take after my dad. Oh, which is a good thing. Love you, Jim. Yes. <laughs> okay. I have, okay. Here's my question. Okay. <laughs> when the first time that you asked a question and felt reprimanded, you know, right. I'm in trouble now. And it was an honest question. Okay, yes. When did that, so what started all for you? What was the first question that got you like, oh, shoot. We were in Sunday school and this is out <laughs> of high school. I could probably tell you a million stories. I grew mm-hmm. up with the best group of people who yeah. believed Jesus and did things in a way that wasn't a normal church thing. And it was so good because I grew up in the normal. And then we had our, you know, our teenage hormonal problems, sure. all of us, but it was beautiful. These people still mm-hmm. friends with many of them today mm-hmm. on all different walks that we're on. But my first memory <laughs> was, you know, where in a Sunday school class for uh-huh. single adults, which first of all is yeah. painful in itself. It, yeah. And the teachers who are people that I flip in love yeah. and respect. Yeah. Basically we're teaching and don't ask me the scripture. because I don't know it, but it's <laughs> wherever they're talking about spiritual gifts. And they're talking about mm-hmm. prophecy and blah, blah, blah. And they're naming them all off. And mm-hmm. and they said, well, that's not real. We know that's not. It's not real these days anymore. And me and a couple of others were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Why? Why are they not real? How, I thought you weren't supposed to take anything out of the Bible. <laughs> well, you know, and it's only because that's what they were taught. Right. They didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah. They didn't even think about it. They just were taught that. Yeah. I mean, somebody I know and love in my family told me earlier than that, when I was a teenager, well, that's just the way it is. There are no new apostles. There are no new disciples. It's just, those were them. That's that. 
How about that Move we're going to do works that they did and Jesus did it more? Well, that's, you know. That doesn't happen anymore. So, yes, it was the yeah. spiritual gifts question. Yeah. And we questioned and we're like, and I'm, we weren't trying to be jackasses. Right. Like, hold on. Why? Why would you say that's not when it's in the New Testament and you say all this other stuff is true? How are you cherry picking that? Tell me yeah. why. And so it was a little tense. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. I think it needed to be because it was like, hold on, wait, why uh-huh. can't I do that with stuff I don't like or don't understand? Right. <laughs> oh, well, you can't. Okay. Well, why not? You just did. Yeah. So it was like that. So that's the first time I remember. Oh, gosh. And yeah. then <laughs> that's where it all started, folks. So. Well, I mean, YWAM? Yeah. Should we say their name? Okay, YWAM. I mean, well, I, I did. Bless it. I Sorry. know beautiful people in YWAM. Well, let's Youth just... with a Mission, if you don't know what it is, mm-hmm. there are a whole bunch of things that they do, and you do a discipleship training school, which is what I did. And, and? <laughs> the whole first half of it, it's a six to seven month school, I believe. I think mine was six months. The whole first half of it, you're having speakers in every week from every country on the mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You have all these different exposures to all these different ways that people practice Christianity in different countries and how to hear God's voice and how to da 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 and how to reach out and so you're learning so much right (sighs) well when I heard God's voice then you go on a three-month mission trip Mm -hmm. and I had this vision that I was supposed to stay and pray for the other mission trips and Mm -hmm. I'd already committed and I was trying to pray in the money right because you're always right Uh, yeah so I was praying the money and I was like, whoa, this is one of the clearest times I've ever heard Jesus in my life. It was so exciting. It blew my mind. And they'd been yeah. teaching me to hear Jesus. And you the did. The whole flipping time. Yeah. And I did. And you did. And I went to the leadership and they said, and I said, God has shown me. And I drew it out, a circle of me praying for the trip to India, the trip to Taiwan, the trip to inner city. I don't know where they went, Philadelphia or something. And I'm like, Jesus showed me I'm supposed to stay here and and pray for all three of these trips. This is what I'm going to do. And they got upset. When you start a discipleship training school, you finish one. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, I was stunned. I'm like, but I heard God. So the next day when we're all in this big group class again, and they had said, you're not going to go, but you're not going to graduate. And then in my head, I'm like, with what? Right. Like a YWAM (laughs) certificate? Okay, but I'm doing what Jesus said. So this lady stood up in the class the next day, a really sweet lady named Nancy. And she goes, I just had to tell you, I was praying last night. I had this picture that somebody in this class was supposed to do that. It was the exact drawing that I had of me, of someone praying I mean, for all the outreaches. It's crazy. So I learned from that. Mm-hmm. I still loved the people there. Yeah. I understood that the leaders were in a position where they had to teach what they were told to teach. They were mm-hmm. good people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't worry about it after that. I'm like, I don't care what it. I'm doing what Jesus said and it mm-hmm. felt good. And I grew a lot of friendships being there. The sun was precious time. So that's another example yeah. of, you know, always having to yeah. go against the flow and not <laughs> on purpose because that's what I heard. Yeah. And it yeah. was exciting. And you're going to run into religious brick walls. Mm-hmm. Even though we're teaching you to hear about God. Yeah. You should do what we say you have to do to, to, to do this discipleship training. School. Overhearing God. Yeah. <laughs> above what God right. is telling you. Yeah. So, yeah, there's stuff like that. Yeah. So all throughout your... Those are my early... That was when I was 21, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So at that discipleship training school, I heard a speaker talk about a church in England mm-hmm. called Bliss that I really wanted to go hear about. This was in 94. And it didn't come to my mind. I thought that's really cool. I'd never thought about England. So four years later, I'm working at this job and I keep thinking about England. I'm like, 
never cared about England in my life. I've never <laughs> wanted to go there. I don't care. So I was like, I can't remember the name of that church. It's four years on. What's the name of that church? It's like mm-hmm. email was amazing back then, right? <laughs> right? So there wasn't a big like, Woo, I'm searching. I had no clue. This kind of dates us a little so, bit. So <laughs> there's a band, a Christian band called Delirious, right? <laughs> yeah. And I loved them. Yes. And friends who were pastors of the church. Well, okay, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I, I emailed Delirious because it's the mm-hmm. only link. I knew that this guy who spoke oh, knew yeah. Delirious. Yeah. So I emailed them thinking, you're a freaking <laughs> idiot, right? They emailed me back. They're like, oh, that's Gaz. Gaz is the pastor of, of Bliss. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. So I contacted them. I went over for three weeks. It was awesome. I came back. Huge other story in itself. I was like, I'm moving to England. Mm-hmm. So I did. Hey, did you guys know there's a place where you can go to buy Ashley and I a coffee? That's right. There really is a place where you can donate towards our caffeine and margarita needs. And of course, the podcast production costs. If you go to our website, gloriousthingspodcast.com and click on the buy us a coffee link, you can give there. We really appreciate you. And now back to the show. When I left, I was still part of a Baptist church, pretty much. Yeah. Not all the time. I mean, I would say. In yeah, my head, no, you were. Yeah, yeah. That's where we met. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and when I went to the pastor, I was like, this is what I'm doing. He's like, we have to have a covering. I'm like, what? Jesus is my covering. So, I mean, to be fair, that first year that I was a missionary, Mm -hmm. when I had, you know, the visa and everything, and it was all ahead of time, and I had it set up, like, with the British consulate and all that, they set up a bank account at the church, so if people wanted to donate, so that was the first year. But they were really worried that I didn't have a covering, and I'm like, Jesus told me to go. Yeah. I'm going to go, and I'm not going through a Southern Baptist missionary training, because I don't want to be a Southern Baptist missionary. Yeah. And so they prayed for me and stuff, mm-hmm. and I went. And then I came home after a year because the church split. Shocker. In England. In England. Yeah. It was a beautiful year. It was a rough year, but it was good. And another couple of years later, massive encounter with God again. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going. And good old Martin Scott told me either shut up about it or just go because you've known that you need yeah. to go. So it was great. So I did. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful yeah. and hard, really mm-hmm. rough. And I made a lot of mistakes, but I, it was also really glorious and beautiful. So in that, I learned if I hear Jesus, yeah, you know, a lot of Christian circles are like, you need to have confirmation. You have to have a covering. You have to be sent. You have to all the things that I grew up learning. Yeah. Which really, I agree that you need to respect and it's important to get input from people. Yeah. But it depends which that. people you get input from. Right. Yeah. Because if I would have listened to the people that I grew up in church with, I would never have gone. Yeah. Now, my parents were flipping awesome. They were mm-hmm. like, yep, you're in Jesus, go. And not sending your daughter to another side of the world. And so, yes, get wisdom. But stuff like that, it can warp you. Yeah. It can hold you back. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get off my story for a second and talk about okay. how things that were taught warp us. Let's talk about dating. Oh, oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> now, I have to say that one time I was in a church van on a very, very long trip. <laughs> when somebody started reading from Elizabeth Elliot 
and I wanted to pull my hair out. Okay, first of all, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't. Even though I read the book. And then they were talking like, about I kissed dating goodbye and yeah, I wanted to throw up. I know. I know. I read that book too. And a lot of us grew up with, you know, equally yoked. You need to be equally yoked. A lot of that. And a lot of people that I know that should have the confidence that they're beautiful and that God is good and God is big. And that if someone loves you, Mm -hmm. grab them and spend time with them. And, you know, if you're on the same page about life things, then have at it. Love each other. And spend yeah. your lives together. It's, it's way more complicated. They, It's made yes. way more complicated than it needs to yes. be. Like my husband and I, mm-hmm. he does believe in God. I, I I, know he believes in Jesus in, in his way. Yeah. We don't pray together. Mm-hmm. We completely have full-on Jesus conversations. Yeah. Mostly it's me rambling, but he listens and he comments <laughs> and he's wonderful. Yeah. And I love his heart because mm-hmm. it's tender and kind and he is open Mm-hmm. And he's great. Yeah. But he didn't walk down an aisle when he was No, eight, as a matter of fact, he say was. The, the sinner's prayer. There was a bunch of crap that went down with yeah. him at church. It's horrible. Yeah. No wonder he doesn't want to step back in. Yeah, his story makes you understand. Yeah, I understand why he would never want to set foot in a yeah. church again. Yeah. So it's stuff like that, I think, that a lot of maybe people listening have struggled with things like that as well. Yeah. Not just dating. But there's some weird stuff. Well, I think the whole, the purity culture, it really, and we've discussed this before in our youth groups, how it made people feel. Yeah. Who didn't wait until they were married, who were sexually active and who were sitting in these youth groups being told that they were worthless. Yeah. That they weren't as good, Mm -hmm. quote, weren't as good as a clean person, which was what was told to my sister as well. Not about sex, but about, and it was BS and it ticked me off. Or like the flowers that they pass around where everyone touches the rose petals and <laughs> and then the rose is worthless. You know, it's like way to make a when, girl feel great about herself. When, <laughs> I mean, like when you, when it comes down, these people need the love of Jesus, need to know how loved they are. Yeah. And that's not what they we got. try to change hearts without filling people with the love of Christ. I feel. Yeah. I remember when I first moved to England. There was a, a guy who was a DJ in town, and he lived with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And they came to, to, to the church. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I remember asking the, the pastor there. And I'm like, okay, this is not me questioning whether it's right or wrong, because I think it's fantastic, and it's Jesus to me. Mm-hmm. If I were in the Southern Baptist Church, mm-hmm. where I came from, they would have them in a class. And tell them that you cannot live together. Yeah. It's a sin. So mm-hmm. let's get everything straight. Let's get it done. Let's get everything straight. And then you can be members of the church. Yeah. Then you're good enough. And he told me, I am not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If he tells great. me to say something to someone to bring them life and help them know mm-hmm. who Jesus is and to bring them into health, mm-hmm. then I will. Yeah. He said, otherwise, I love them. And they're always yeah. welcome here. And I, I was like, that was so foreign to me at that point. Yeah. Big time foreign. Stupid now. Like, of oh, course. For sure. It's awesome. But I still can't picture it happening. Yeah. yeah. And the the overwhelming <laughs> sad thing is, you know, can an unmarried couple who live together walk into um, an evangelical church and just be loved? Can a same-sex couple that live together? Yeah. Can a same-sex couple walk into that church and just be loved? Right. And the answer is no. In a lot of places, no. 
In most places. And we've also talked about this. When you deconstruct, okay? Yeah. That oh, word. Yeah. When you that deconstruct, word. I find that a lot of time people become as militant about yeah. the other side of the pendulum from legalism uh-huh. as they did, as they were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's very hard for me when I'm like, so like, I just need to know how loved I am, Jesus. Yeah. Just, you know, thank you for encouragement from people, but I'm sitting with Jesus, but man, when I'm re- I don't care about your politics. Yeah. And that's not saying people can't be called into politics. Absolutely. Sure. I don't care. I I love hearing about your politics. Mm-hmm. I love hearing about your support for this group or that group. But it's really hard for me to stomach militancy in any form in any after form. coming out of this. Right. Which is what it can tend to do. It's very you swing from one end to the other yeah. and you... And I think a lot of that comes from anger. I think a lot of people are still angry that come out of it, which yeah. I understand. Yeah. Which I understand. But you throw the baby out with the bathwater. There you go. And I I tend to think we want people to take sides. Right. And uh, yeah, exactly. And I think what you'll find for me and Shannon is that we are more than happy to just be in this beautiful gray space of love. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. Where we just love you. Yeah. No matter what your politics, no matter what your views, we... No, I don't care what who you love. Any of that. I don't yeah. care any of that. I care that you know you're loved. Right. I, I don't want to change you. I want to tell you the truth about who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the only thing that's changed me in a good way is knowing how loved I am mm-hmm. by Jesus. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, I think stuff like that can be really hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to stomach either way, which is probably a really unpopular thing to say. And I'm not meaning to cause <clears throat> any type of division. I just, yeah. when I'm dying in my spirit, when my sister died, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't give shit about your politics. Yeah. I need words that could could put some beauty in that wound of mine that helped me know I was loved and not Mm -hmm. alone in it and jesus did show up in my grief in a Mm -hmm. freaking amazing way but it's it's like it's just important just to not lose sight Mm -hmm. of jesus yeah period and i'm i don't think it's wrong to talk about politics or rights or anything i just think if we've if if we lose jesus as the center which i can honestly say a lot of a lot of religion has Oh, yeah. <laughs> but on the other side, I yeah. mean, there's not just two sides. There's 50 million, right? As many yeah. human beings as there are, there's that many sides. You just can't lose yeah. sight of Jesus. I think which is a problem, in, especially in America, everything's so dualistic. Everything's black and white. And so we're used to that. Yes. And we don't, that's not, that's not life. No. That's not human. That's humanity. Yeah. Everything is not black and white. Yeah. We talked about that, too. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think... A lot of people go from being very religious to very, hey, anything goes. Yeah. Which, okay, you're still loved. Yeah. But there's a beautiful place of finding the love of God that is healthy and freeing and life-giving. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not going to look the same for everybody because it all depends on your story. But just Jesus yeah. as the center, man, that's the thing. Which is so beautiful because everybody's story is so different. Yeah. And when you... When you talk to people and you hear their life and you think, how can like how can this God who is this dualistic God I've been taught to believe in my whole life, 
how can this person share their life with me right and not believe in that god with everything they've been through yeah and how can i believe that god's going to send them to hell right. can you blame them for you know not wanting any for everything that they've been through with their lives been through. yeah, yeah. no i can't yeah no and it's way more then I'm going to accept Jesus because mm. I feel that the church falls flat on that a lot of the time. Yeah. Like you're in, woo, you're here. Right. Woo. Said the prayer, came down the aisle in the new members class. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. What? Your inside stuff's still going on. Like, what is this, a club I'm out it's doing we- now? Yeah. yeah. Like there's so much brokenness and so much mm-hmm. Like beautiful work that God does on the inside of us, but you've got to be still and nurtured and loved as you are Mm -hmm. so that you can let him in those places and know that he's good. Because the way that you learn that he's good is the way that either having experience with Jesus himself, Mm -hmm. which I have, lots of people have, or you learn from the way that people who profess him and love him love you. That's the picture of Mm -hmm. God. So I don't want to fall flat on that. I want to not get him out of focus. Yeah. But it's, it's, I don't know. I just want people to know they're loved. It's, it's messy and complicated. It is messy and complicated. And murky. Yeah. And, and the beautiful human experience. Yeah. And all of that. And I'd rather err on the side of grace every single time. Every time. Which is, I think, why as we continue to, to talk about our lives and, you know, what we're learning there are a lot of people involved in these stories that we have. Yeah. But I would say almost all of them are still very loved by us. Like Ooh, we yeah. love these people. And so they these, love us. Yeah. And they love us. And these people we that we've been hurt by yes. unintentionally, yes. these people who disagree with us, these people who I'm afraid to even tell I'm doing this. Right. Right. <laughs> we love them dearly and they love us. And yeah. so I don't know that you'll find us being I, the hatefulness or the bitterness. I don't know that you'll find it here. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's such a, I think coming out of the black and whiteness of religion Mm -hmm. is a shock to the system. It's very beautiful and freeing as well. But Mm -hmm. it's also a place that makes people very uncomfortable. Sometimes I get uncomfortable with what I'm thinking about God. Yeah. Like, whoa, (laughs) do I actually, hey God, what's up? And searching the scriptures and Mm -hmm. talking it over with people Mm -hmm. and being still and listening to the spirit and stuff like that. It's messy, Mm -hmm. but it's a good mess. Yeah. It's a good thing. So with that, should we, should we wrap this one up? Let's wrap it up. Put a bow on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening. You can email us at glorious things podcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Glorious Things is hosted and made by me, Shannon Ruddy. And me, Ashley Simmons. The music is called Quietly Hopeful by Lewis Lyon. You can find our website at gloriousthingspodcast.com. There you can find details on our blog about each episode, listen to the podcast, contact us, or buy us a coffee. You can email us at gloriousthingspodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least... Please consider rating our podcast, leaving us a good review, and sharing your favorite episodes with friends. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening.